times when I could have been dead. Mm. I put myself in a situation where I could have been dead. Mm. I've allowed myself, to, I've poisoned my body with substances that I didn't have no business dabbling with. Mm. And God gave me freedom and he healed me and he delivered me from my own self. Hey, welcome back welcome, to welcome. another episode of Millennial Talks. Hey, hey, hey. Hope y'all are doing good today. What's up? Um, yeah, so today is part two of our testimony, coming to Christ story. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this one is pretty much going to be me because our lovely wife over here yeah. spent like 40 minutes just really breaking it down. Yeah. But I feel like for me to add my own at that same episode would have just like... Overkill? No, I just give God the glory in that one segment. Amen. For your own self. So. Amen. Thank God. Um. See, my story is <laughs> a face like mine. You didn't know. You wouldn't know that I'm a rugrat. <laughs> I've been a rugrat. I was a rugrat. My my story is pretty much you know standard story. Lived in Togo. Uh, moved to America. Uh, in Togo, I had a pretty prestigious lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, drove in drove in expensive cars. My father, you know, well established in this in this field, picked up every day in a nice car, silver spoon in my mouth, gold spoon actually. Um very big mansion and if you're from Africa and your parents had money, you knew that you never knew what not having money is. So mm-hmm. split up happened. We moved to America from a big place to a one-bedroom apartment. Mm. So I believe that from that point on, God already knew what he wanted to teach me. You were at a place of affluence, then you dropped down. So it was like a humbling experience. Mm. Uh, grew up in a, from that point on, my mom's always been very, I live with my mom with my three other brothers. My mom was always, you know, in church. There was no week when I wasn't in church. Mm. From probably like the age of what one half half a year to eighteen years old, I was in church wow. every Sunday. Uh, I wasn't a very difficult child, but I think my most my most interesting trait was the fact that I just knew how to just stare at people like this without saying anything, just just like this. So um, pretty standoffish as a kid. Honestly, and I'm still probably the same way to this day. Yeah. But it works for me. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe in unnecessary conversations. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, like some people around me, like sometimes they'll be so, you know, how you sit quietly around someone and they just get jittery because it's just like, I just want to fill that empty, awkward space with just words. I'm yeah. not that type of person. No, so, not of little words. Yeah. So, this y'all getting a lot from me right now. So, when I moved to America and I lived in that one bedroom apartment, I started, uh, went to a very rough school. Rough in the sense that, yes, there was a, it was a pretty prestigious school. The, the county that we were in was like pretty well taken care of, but I lived in the hood. So every day I would go to school. This is high school. Middle school, there was really nothing to speak about other than the fact that I was bullied. And this is where like, I call it, I had my dark night Batman origin. People bullied me to the point where I remember myself one day in the locker room, like while everybody's eating lunch, I locked myself in the locker room area because the locker room area for some reason shut off, closed up during lunchtime. And I happened to stay in that locker room area 
so that I could be locked in while everyone was at lunch. Mm. And I remember just have like darkness to my eyes, just like very piercing eyes. And I feel like that's at that second that the spirit of like rebelliousness really entered my body. Mm. Uh, I was a very compliant kid at home, did my homework, but I was very like, I was underachieving in school, to be quite honest. Mm. You know, it's not like I didn't get what I was learning in school. I just didn't feel like paying attention. Right. So um, fast forward high school, I was bullied a little bit based off of like my appearance. Mm. You know, African parents, they dress you up in like 5XL t-shirt. And then they put Vaseline all over yeah, your face. Vaseline, <laughs> bro. I, I remember the first day of school. <sighs> just set up. Oh, man. Like the first day of school, I, I was a fan of Kanye West, right? So I'm trying to imitate the style of him, like wearing his blazers with the T-shirt. I'll post a picture here, but I, my mom was so she 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 was just African, so she bought me whatever. So I would go, and I also try to go into like my brother's closet to get a blazer. Right, right. I look like an idiot. The first day of school, big old blazer, five XL T white T with some church shoes and oh some gosh. jeans. Oh my god! Ninth grade. High school, I didn't know what high school was gonna be like. Got dressed like Fifty Cent, bro. You had, you had, <laughs> <laughs> you you had like the the fresh kids with the nice shoes. Yeah, them Jordans, the especially Jordan. in Maryland, bro. they used to be wilding with the fit, bro. Like I'm talking about kids that never wore the same pair of shoes every day. You know why? I figured it out today. They traded shoes with other students. Really? Yes. That makes so sense. So I I have a pair of bread ones. You got some nice pair of shoes. We trade. So next day, you wearing my bread ones. I'm wearing your shoes. So they think you fly. 24/7. So you don't have. Oh and then my like, God. and then you have your rotation of like um, six nice pair of Jordans that you have. But you just buy um, secondhand Jordans that don't really matter to you, but they still fly. And you trade it in with other sneakerheads. So you you look like you have 365 pair of shoes. Mm. But I didn't know that back then. So I felt like I was inferior to people, bullying verbally. All that type of stuff. So I really started looking. There was a point where I came home and I was just looking at myself in the mirror like, bro, you're a freaking loser. Mm. Right? And then a bullying started. Then I got jumped. And, like, I was a very cool kid, like, very nice to get along with. But I just started finding myself. I found myself in situations that after the situation happened, I was just blank out and be like, yo, what am I doing here? Right. Um, I was hanging out with kids in the neighborhood. I'd be out the house. During summer vacation, I'd be out the house. I, I'd leave the house at 9 a.m., not come back till like 6 p.m. until while the, you know, when the sun goes down. Imagine eight hours plus opportunity to get in trouble, mm. getting jumped. Some, at some point, I was getting jumped by like 25-year-olds, and I'm freaking like 14, 15. Because my friend at that time was sleeping with this girl. <sighs> Let's just say there was a lot of confusion, interesting activities going on between a grown man and a high school girl. But she had an older boyfriend, and that older boyfriend, he, he had his homies jump us because your you, friend you, was you, your friend was messing with somebody else's girlfriend, yeah, but he was a grown man. Yeah, you, okay. you get the point. Yeah. So um, that jumping really jump started something in me. So I think it even translates to who I am today because I just got in the gym like defense mechanism ninth grade i'm jacked i'm i'm probably very muscles everywhere so that kind of warded off people from like playing me like i'm dumb so fast forward through my high school years 11th grade comes in 
I'm very I'm, I'm I'm starting to get better looking in terms of like appearance. I dress better. Mm. I buy I, I was buying clothes from Japan, like ordering on this Japanese website. So I had clothes that no one had. Mm. They always ask me where you got there from. Mm. So you know, girls started noticing me and stuff like that. Mm. But one thing that my mom really instilled in me was do not mess around with women. Mm. A good mom. Keep A great keep mom. to yourself. Great you, mom. And it, it was around like 10th grade, 11th grade, where like girls were just like, mm, trying to like. Throw themselves at and you. And the, the devil sends you different things to derail you mm. in, the, in, the, in the area that, he, that you're showing a lot of resilience in. Mm. So let's say, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to sleep with a woman with, with, with girls. The devil sends a lot of girls to get interested in you all, all of a sudden. Wow. 10, 10 a year, 15 a year. I, Just to make you stumble. Yeah, I curved them. And my, my my main question to them was always this. Are we going to end up having sex before marriage? Mm. Yeah. If, as soon as they tell me that, nah, I'm good. Good. So, I was, my mom raised me well. Roland's mom is an amazing woman. Yeah, she raised me well. That every time, at 8.30 every night, I was in bed reading my Bible. Mm. Right? But it was like a ritual that I was doing. Did you like, have a relationship with God? Or did uh, you, no, it wasn't more so religion. It was more like habits that my mom instilled in me. Okay. So I went to church, but I was just like going to church, going through the motions. Okay. So, but God would speak to me through different experiences, like dreams. Mm. I could see things, you know, if I start speaking out, people would say, you're just talking out. But we'll get into we'll that. We'll talk about that we'll later. Get, we'll get deep into that later. Um, paranormal things. Right. right? So I, I knew God, but I didn't know God. You feel me? Yeah. I knew of God. God spoke to me, but I just, eh, I'm just reading my Bible because I want to be a good kid. Yeah. So fast forward college. I'm trying to figure out where my life is going. I get a job at a gas station. Mm. And this is when, like, I was just aimlessly walking. I picked up photography. But then I remember the specific day when I was, the Holy Spirit always spoke to me. And it was like, it's a whisper. Yeah, you he, feel me? he speaks. It's to like you. a whisper, but then as you get closer to him, it becomes like, "Hey, yo, don't do that." Yeah. But as a kid, it was always like, "Don't go there," or "You forgot your keys at home." And I, one day, like I was walking to work, my the gas station was like five minutes walk, and he was like, "You forgot your keys," and I run back home, and I look for the keys, but they're not there. And then I look down, and they're in my pockets the entire time. Mm. So I'm going back to the path that I usually take to the gas station. It's next to this road. And as I walked back, as I was supposed to, there was a car that crashed into a fire hydrant mm. on the same sidewalk that I was supposed to walk on. Wow. Right? That is so good. And I was like, God, thank you. Because I was still talking to God at that point. But it was more like a God, thank you. And then God loves me. And I just keep walking and forgetting about God doing my thing. Right. And then there was, I remember one time I was working at like, uh, gas station still but i'm walking home and like there's this group of guys mm. i'm walking around like 10 p.m at night because i used to work late shifts too it's like six six or nine guys in hoodies and stuff and the holy spirit says go to the other side of the road so i you know i skedaddle to this other side of the road and then a news pops up the next a girl was assaulted by a group of guys mm. around the same area mm. That I was walking on the other, you know, in the same vicinity as me and them were. Mm. So God protected me from those situations. Um, fast forward college years, I'm just aimlessly walking around. Then we meet 
me and you meet. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm a very chill person, but the people that she was, um, you know, staying with, the church people, it's just like, I just get started getting treated bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like I'm walking, I walk in, and they just look at me like this. And I'm chill. Yeah, Roland has always been quiet. Yeah, so and I never understood that. I just didn't get it. So accusations were thrown our way, and I was just like, at that point, it was like, remember that time we wore that full we black? Were, we were all black. It was us against the world. So we'll see, yeah, we ain't gonna post a picture, but you get the point. We wore like we look like, and we were watching like um, <laughs> anime. No, we were watching uh, what's the vampire movies? Twilight. Yeah. Twilight, and that is a testament to how what you consume could change. Your who perception, you are, yeah. your behavior. So we started dressing all black, acting very emo, and we we walked into that church service where hundreds of people weren't all black, mm. and we were taking we invited someone to take our picture for Instagram and stuff like that. And from that point on, like the 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 church hurt or the the yeah. accusations started to really change my mindset. Like, yeah, I'm a bad person. Screw it. Like, yeah. you think I'm a bad person? Go ahead. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna explain myself to nobody. Um, I tur- I turned my back on on the church. And everything made you yeah. rebellious. You know, obviously, as couples that date, you know, you fall into, you know, the sexual, su- the sexual sin. sin, right? So, you know, we repent, and then like we get married in the hotel room. Yeah, we did. You know, it's so, like God. I'm tired of this. Is my wife? I want to get married to her. You know, I don't want to sin. Well, not that, you know, you're supposed to get married, married for real, but we got married Married. saying, this is mine. Yeah. I don't want nobody else. I don't want to sleep with nobody else. This is just mine. Yep. And, you know. We got married. We got married. She moves to Texas. Then uh, we do a year relationship. And mind you, during that time, my photography is picking up. Everybody, every time I walk in D.C., walk around, every time I walk around in D.C., People know, oh, you're rap fashion, you're rap I was shooting for Urban Outfitters. I was shooting for Nike. I was shooting for Old Navy. Like, those that know me know me. Yeah. I used to bring my friends with me to shoot. These two guys came from Germany to come shoot with me. Like, that was... <laughs> I don't even know if that was God at that point. But I know the world... Was elevating was, The world was giving me what I wanted. Mm. I wanted to be a well-known photographer, mm. shoot for magazines. Mm. I was getting, I was modeling for a clothing line that let me wear $100 t-shirts. Mm. And then I moved to Texas. And it's like I just fell off the face of the earth. Mm. My friends was like, yo, what's rolling? For months, almost a year, what's rolling? And then I popped back on social media. And at that point, I um, work at Nordstrom. And every time people see my work in Nordstrom, they were like, bro, what are you even doing here? Like, why, why are you working in this dead-end job, selling shoes, whatever? I was like, but I wanted to be with Susan. So I was just like, yeah, I'm in Texas. It's my time to be a man, be an adult, forget these hoop dreams. You know, all of the, that, that macho man talk, which is okay, right? <laughs> um, fast forward, I get promoted. Yeah. So... Um, she, she's tired of working at Nordstrom. She gets depressed. I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of you. I'll, t- I'll take care of you, right? My man. Right? <laughs> my man, my man. So, 
I was a breadwinner for about how many months? Like three, four, five months? Yeah, it was for a while. Um, at 22, I'm a breadwinner. So, mind you, I'm a kid. All the story I told you of Well, me, all in like our 20s, like 20, 21, yeah. 22, 23. We were like, we weren't even adults yet. Babies. Yeah. So, think about all the stupidness that I've told you about what I did in my teens. And then I'm slapped into a situation where I'm like, I'm paying all the bills. But then it always seemed like there was only like always $50 left. Mm. Sometimes like less mm. or when we had more, it was just let's go out to eat to our favorite spot. Mm -hmm. So we had good times in those situations, yeah. but we still felt like it was never enough. Something was off. Yeah. And they say, you know what they say? Whatever you see in the physical, something shifted in the spiritual. Mm. So in our spiritual, something was off and mm. it was translating into our everyday life. Right. We moved to Houston. Mm. And we stayed with a friend. She already told you the story. If you watch this, please, I'm going to paraphrase because she's already told you what happened with the friends. But somehow, I start behaving like... So uh, uh, the, the, the girl invited us to stay with her and her boyfriend. But I start behaving like her boyfriend. Mm. Very rude, mm. right? And whoever we stay with, I believe, whatever, you know, <laughs> spirits... <laughs> <laughs> spirits work so Through people yeah there's different things i was pop so i started just talking to susan like i like i'm rude like please right right like just being rude and then she was like roman you're changing like what's going on i'm like you don't know what you're talking about man so <laughs> we have a talk we pray about it and we're good so something happened and we get kicked out of the spot at like three in the morning that's cool we find our way we meet people to help us out then we move into like uh, first apartment in Houston and that's when I started wedding photography 100% full time entrepreneur and that was the time when I know like I had to start relying on God mm. those times when like we didn't have any money but then God would just send me something of like four digits mm. like enough to pay two months for for rent right or three right sometimes God would send me so much and I'm like God thank you so much right Susan is figuring herself out. She's working at a spot. But I'm still taking care of most of the bills at that time because we're living with somebody else. So I can afford to, like, pay a good amount majority of. of everything. So it's cool. And then we dabble into marijuana after she gets back from her surgery. Because she has surgery. So someone prescribed her to be indulging in the nice Igbo. In the Igbo. To, you know, she, Igbo, she was she was dabbling in Igbo to feel better from the surgery pains. So, you know, we just chiefing, chiefing, chiefing. And then, like, mm. this is what's crazy to me. As we're chiefing, I just start noticing years out of my life just being blank. Mm. You know? And that's when the addiction picked up. Mm. Um, there was this saying that we came up with. If you light this blunt, your day is over. Mm -hmm. You understand? And we start seeing months fly. Mm. Um, a year flew by. Mind you, God is still blessing me with wedding gigs. I'm booked like every two, three weeks. Mm. I'm good. Money is good. But the money that God is blessing me with, I'm spending it on Igbo oh, marijuana, sure. right? Mm -hmm. So I'm using the goodness that God has given me. And perverting it. And perverting it and now living a wayward lifestyle. Mm. Start drinking, 
at the pool. Susan and I developed this habit of like, we just want to have fun. So <laughs> you feel me? Like we we start we start buying like ninety nine dollar shots, ninety nine and cent shots. We just knock it back. Go just chill at the pool. Yeah, we, we were definitely birds, on right? some impression. So you know, at that point, that started off a behavior of like I started I stopped talking to God. Mm. Something deep down in me was like, bro, like God really thinks of you like. Don't even talk to me right now. Mm. You feel me? Oh yeah, and, you, you struggled with that. Bad. Yeah, like, and I've started feeling this sense of like unworthiness, you know, from God. Like, and it wasn't like the devil is telling me you ain't nothing, right? It was more like the Holy Spirit was still knocking at my heart, like, yeah. bro, where, what are you doing? Yeah, what I'm, are you doing? I remember when we were in Austin and like I, I would always like break down and cry and be like, "We need to turn to God. Yeah. We need to turn <laughs> to it God." Would, it would be, it would be, it would be this cycle of like we smoke, we stop for like a week, sometimes two weeks. Yeah, that joint was a stronghold, right? And then like the, the withdrawal symptoms is like um, everyone that smoke weed, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And okay. the ones that deny that there's no withdrawal symptoms, there's a withdrawal Stop system. lying to yourself. I'm being, I'm a, yeah, just, just stop lying. Yeah. So you, you make excuses for it. Like, <laughs> I'm in pain. <laughs> and you just, you want to smoke? Yeah. yeah. Let me go buy some. And it's just like, it was like a year or two of doing that. Mm. But I'm telling you. And it got even worse during the pandemic. Oh, Oh, yeah. man. And that's when you guys saw us going viral. I went viral on Twitter, which to me is, is still crazy to this day. People think that viralness is something that you want. I'm be honest with you. I don't like attention to be to, to be to be honest. I don't like attention, right? But the type of attention that came from that, yes, I gained financially from it. I had a oil business, beautiful, made good money from it. Photography was still popping. I was good, but that also made me comfortable with not talking to God. Mm. When you got everything you want from the world, right? You feel like you don't need a God. Who's God? And then I started dabbling into this whole like. What God's, what goddesses. Bro, the only type of people that speak like that are people that are elevated because of drugs. Mm. It gives you this false sense of bravado. Like, I I could do anything. Like, I could levitate if I want to because you feel so, so, so elated by the feeling of being high, right? Mm. That you start speaking with such boldness about what you think you are. Mm. It was a point in time when I was just like, I'm done. Like, I felt depressed every day. What most people don't tell you about drugs or marijuana, to be to be very um, specific, is you are running away from something, right? You feel like it's it's taking the edge off and like the worry away from you. But what you're doing is you're just masking over. You're you're polishing a hole, mm. but the hole is still deep, mm. right? And I found myself like I'm I'm a very resilient person. I don't cry. I don't do nothing like that. But then I started like being reminded of my childhood. my childhood, how like I have no family, I have no nobody that loves me, mm. that I'm just useless. Mm. I'm sometimes I'm talking about like, and like to this day I appreciate gloomy days because you overcame. I'm I'm happy because on the gloomiest of days is when we smoked and I felt the worst. Mm. I give excuse like, oh, it's gloomy. I just want to feel. I want to feel better. So like, I would smoke on the gloomy days, and it would make you feel better for like an hour, and then I would be depressed. And then I'll just look. At, I'll just be on the couch sometimes, just like with my head like this between my hands, and I'm just like bawling, crying. 
reminding myself of the my childhood hurt, uh, parental issues, all that type of stuff. At some point, I got tired of it. I was just like, I need to stop smoking because, yeah, I'm running away from my problems. It's not helping me out in any way, shape, or form. It's just putting it dormant. Yeah, and it's like affecting even like my performance in every aspect of my life when it comes to my businesses, my um, my anything that had to do with like anything outside that involved, in, you know, my gifts and talents. I just started just not doing stuff. And that's the problem with weed. It just gets you feeling like you just want to relax the rest of the day. So, yeah, I'm making money, but then I feel like I'm not going anywhere in life. So we moved to Houston. We're good. We're doing good. Still listening to secular music, though. But there was a point in time where, like, Susan was, like, going on girls trips. And I was just like, um, I went to a little stint where I was listening to preachings while I would be at the gym. This, um, what is it called? Bobby Womack. He kept telling me about like, pray to God and it's yours. And I was like, God, I'm, I, just, just, just give me the hunger to chase you. Mm. Give me the hunger to just want to be all about you. Mm. I don't want to make any more mistakes. Mm. And I think that's what like really started the seeds of like change. Mm. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm not listening to secular music no more. And then Drake's album pops in. <laughs> Now tell them the list of music you used to listen to so they can know the type of man you used to be. Well, you were you weren't that type of man, so, but your musical taste was very. My, my music, my musical taste, because I grew up with such a traumatic childhood. Like I was fighting. Like I even forgot to mention, I used to fight like every week, mm. brawls, jumping. I got jumped. I went from being jumped to jumping people mm. to fighting because I liked it. That's that Maryland trenches. So, a peaceful looking guy like myself got into a certain level of habits where he was just being a rug rat, like mm. a bad person. Mm. So the type of music I listened to, fast forward, like um, when I was listening to Bobby Womack, like when I was just talking to y'all about Glock 9, no one was a bigger NBA Youngboy fan than me. Um, any type of Florida gangster music, I was on it. I felt like, honestly, a little... He, he loved him some Florida. He thought he was... <laughs> My little Haitian brothers, I felt so close to Haitian people because of that music. Because I was like, I fit in real good. Oh, such a rugged. You feel ride. me? Like, but um, thank God for change. <laughs> and then you know, God is blessing us. We buy a new car, Mercedes, whatever, right? Money is coming in. Like, I'm talking about some days, some weeks. Like, I'm making so much money that I'm just like, I feel like a lowercase G, like a lower lowercase God, right? To the point that one day. Um, one day the police are, I'm, 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 I'm lavishly taking my wife out to like, we going to Benihana's like, what, every week? Yeah, every week, every two weeks. I was just buying, I was spending money on food, restaurant experiences. So I remember one day I'm not, I was, I was driving the car on Sunday and I took a turn that I wasn't supposed to take. And then the police officer like, yeah, come here, bro. So I park and I'm like, what's going on? He goes, you know, you're not supposed to turn. Like, look at the stop sign. Like, look at the sign. You're not. It says left turn. You can't turn turn left here. And I looked at him. I'm just like, okay. And he looks over. At my, he's like, he's like, huh? I try to calm him down. And then, he, and then he goes, he goes, he he looks over at Susan. He's like, does he not understand what I just told him? And I'm just like, okay. My bad. I'm sorry. 
right? And the spirit of pride was uh, just at an all-time high. We thank God that that police officer was nice because he was cool as heck. Yeah. That's what I was like, I was telling Roland, I was like, chill. Like, he's cool yeah. as heck. Like, but, that's a cool man. But you know what's crazy? You feel so pumped is when the world pumps you up. Yeah. When you get everything that you want. Like, and that's what this prayer I had, right? I was like, after everything, God, like, God really touched me. I was like, God, don't give me money that will change my personality god don't give me don't give me more that i don't that i see myself as a god and don't give me less that i that i feel like you know i can take care of myself yeah and i was like god just give me just give me enough money that i'm comfortable i could take care of my bills and everything but Mm. don't give me more than i can handle because Mm. i will change Right, and that's a prayer. Like a lot of people are scared to make that prayer. Yeah, because but that, they don't want to mm-hmm. humble themselves. That prayer is very important because sometimes you 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 get more than you can handle, mm. and you self destruct. Yeah. Imagine if that that police officer didn't have favor on me. Yeah. Right. He was cool. Like it was, he was. He was. A he cool. was smiling. Yeah, he this was. Guy was just smiling. And that's why I was like, why is he? I was like, why? Are you but I was under. I was under the spirit of pride. Yeah. Right. When I'm a man. You're so human. when you, when you go, on, she told you, living in like um, a hood apartment in Dallas in two thousand what six, five, 15, mm-hmm. 16, to being able to take my wife to expensive dates every week, you're gonna feel like a lowercase god. Mm-hmm. And then I was also picking back up the habit of weed. Mm-hmm. So now you have yeah, this, it brings a certain type of demon inside yeah. of you. So uh, we picked up weed, back up in the new year of 2022 mm. Mm. in an encounter that I wanted no business in but we hang with people we dabble right back into it and then we just full force into it again now that one no the way we swung into it this time it was like nah the devil had us like this by our hair like nah mm-hmm. you got well, I I'm got you right go. now I like it go. was bad and um uh bro <laughs> I'm gonna fast forward cause this is a crazy part we had enough on us for like two more blunts. Okay. Then it was Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Um, And I'm going to dabble into telling you that liquor brings out, brings a spirit into you that, you know, even though when you go to liquor store, it's called wine and, and spirits. spirits. They call liquor spirits. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when, when I'm a chill dude, but when I drink, when I drank on Cinco de Mayo, yeah, you were talking. I was talking to everybody, not like, oh, I'm flirting, whatever. I'm was the life of the party. Which is, she'll tell you. Yeah, Roland doesn't do all that. I don't. I was the life of the party. Mm-hmm. We're playing like Connect Four on a giant Connect Four board. People around in the neighborhood is just coming to watch me play. I'm yeah. like, yo, come here, come, here, come play. Come here. And then I got so drunk, I blacked out. Mm. He was Ooh. on the balcony. <laughs> Tell I him. was so drunk I blacked out. Now, now fast forward May sixth, the day after Cinco de Mayo, I have to shoot a wedding. Mm. Oh yeah, you didn't feel good. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just releasing through my mouth. I'm just throwing up. Like I threw up like probably five, nine, nine times that. You morning. still went to the wedding too. And I shot the wedding. Hmm. And it was hell driving to that wedding. I was like, God, please, like, help me not crash on this road because I'm feeling lethargic. Um, you know, I can't see. My vision is blurry because I'm still recovering. Like, and I take, I, I drink VC powder or whatever. And my stomach, I feel like I have alcohol poisoning. And 
like anybody that says things just to say it. I get home, I'm like, oh, let me light this one up because I just want to, I want to offset the hangover. <laughs> I'm telling you what, in my life, I've never witnessed this in my life. I've never experienced this. I could not get high. Not at all. You know how you could feel something. I didn't feel any, it's like I was, I was like it's like I was smoking air. Thank God. It's air. And you know what what something said? Like I think it was Holy Spirit. It's the first time I heard him in a long time. He said, You're no longer gonna do this. You're done. Let's go. You see why you can't feel this? Is because I'm taking you back right now or you're gonna self destruct. Mm. Mm. I was like, eh. I had another one. I was like, there's one more blood. Let's, let's finish this. And that stronghold, man. That's, let's finish this. I don't know, rolling and the, the, the weed, mm-hmm. man. But you know what's crazy? I have such a stronghold on me because I never deal with the issues with issues in my life. I'm so quiet that I'm just like, yeah, let me just. It's better for him because he felt that he used it as an escape. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't really share how I feel at all. You know, and you know, we had a little stint in our relationship where she was like, talk to me. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, because I always felt like, because I, I didn't grow up being listened to. Mm-hmm. So I felt like no one wanted to listen to me anyway. So I had that last blunt. And I still couldn't feel high. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was like, didn't I tell you that you're done with this? Mm. And I was like, you know what? I forget. I, I'm sorry. Next few, it didn't start. It didn't happen just overnight. I still wanted weed. Mm. The withdrawals are bad. Yeah. S- bad sweats. That's why you need a partner, cause yeah. Anybody, anybody that smokes every day for like let's say a year or two, if you try to stop, you're gonna have the worst withdrawals in the world. It's mm-hmm. like it was like any any addiction with food, any of that. You're gonna your body's gonna be like, where is my daily supplement that you yeah, give? Yeah, my daily nudge. Exactly. So I, I survived it, and then while that time I was just praying, God, please help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. I said this, I, I, and I made the promise to God. If because you spared my life on Fourth um, Cinco de Mayo, I would never again drink anything alcoholic. Mm. I would never again smoke weed. Mm. Because at some point, I was playing with God. Mm. I thought, you know, when we say God has grace on us, grace is undeserved favor. Undeserved. So what does that mean? He doesn't have to do that for you at all. <laughs> Yeah, and I always, I always tell Susan this: like, God has favor on a lot of people. Yeah. The type of person I used to be, if I was God, I'd smite the entire human race because of how they act. Mm. But God has favor. That's why we can't be gods, because we operate on our own understanding. Yeah. And God had grace on me. And then the Holy Spirit started ministering to me. He was like, at some point, you can't keep saying, "I'm gonna stop." this and you're still doing it's a slap in God's face it's like forgiveness is shown through um, being being sorry is shown through action yeah right I can be I could say someone could say I'll I'll never hit you again Mm. and then they do it again that means they were never sorry they never meant it Mm -mm. now the person that gets hit again will start developing a certain level of like, I don't trust you. Yeah. So, mm. right? I don't trust you. Yeah. Um, there's such a thing as favor running out. Mm. 
Read the Bible, you will learn about that. Mm. Favor running out. That's why I don't understand this New Age doctrine where it's like, nothing separates me from God. Yeah, sin, sin. sin does. Sin. 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 You understand? <laughs> and there's a verse in the Bible that says, while you sin, your prayers are vile to God. Yeah. He's disgusted by your Which prayers. Which is crazy because like, I, I remember reading the Bible. I never, they never told us about that, that God don't listen to your prayers when, when yeah. he's not. When he don't bang with you, God don't listen to your prayers. Yeah. So, it's crazy. And it's crazy. That's why it's important to take your, your walk into your own hands and read the Bible. Read the Bible. And I'm not saying pick the verses out of the Bible that make you feel good. Um, what's, what's the best way for me to say this? You cannot make cake without eggs. Mm. Okay? If you skip the eggs, your cake will not be a good cake. No. What am I trying to say? If you're going to read the Bible, read it for its entirety. From Genesis do, on down. Do not skip verses. The verses that hurt are the ones that you want to pay attention to. If, let's say, there's a haunted house somewhere. And um, the neighborhood talks about there being a vicious dog in the house, okay? And you're like, mm, I don't believe it. Okay, I'm just going to walk in the house. Okay, cool. And I, t- I tell you, hey, bro, I don't know if there really is a dog in the house, but just be careful, mm. right? You, The person I am, I'm more likely to listen to probably the p- probability of there being a dog in that house mm-hmm. so that if I do walk in that joint and there is a dog... I was warned. Mm. But those that don't take the warnings, right? If you guys want to read the fun parts of the Bible, mm. I, I implore you to read the hard parts. If you read the Bible in its entirety and you still sin in, you're not really understanding what you're reading. No. 100%. No. Don't pick verses that Soothe make you ears. feel good. Sometimes the scolding, and that to this day, like as an adult now, I thank my parents, my mom, and my brothers for the realness that they spoke into me. Yeah. The harsh stuff made me who I am today. Absolutely. As an adult, you understand what grown-ups were telling you as a, as a youth. Mm. The little If they told you everything you wanted to hear, you become a bad kid. Yes, spear the rod, spoil the child. So the Bible has a lot of lessons that we're going to dabble into throughout our episodes. Yeah. And I know a lot of y'all going to get mad at me, but don't get mad at me. Get mad at the Bible Get mad at God. And he'll, conf- he'll really, if you choose to open your heart to that, he will he'll minister to you. It. But if you don't want to read it at all, go ahead. It's either you read the Bible in its entirety or, or don't, don't read, read it, it at, at all. all. It's not a motivational uh, doctrine notebook. It no. is a book teaching you right from wrong. It's life there, lessons. There's consequences. To so, everything. So fast forward, you know, back to the story. I'm going to make this quick. To this day. God has instilled in me this sense of uh, urgency mm. when it comes to sinning. Can you tell them how you felt when it, it came down to talking about God? Did you feel any type of fear? Because not because of what people might think, but did you want to pick up your cross? How did it feel? How did it feel for you to die to your own will and actually picking up God's will? Um, see, I've been I've always been someone that doesn't like people in this business, right? <laughs> Oh, well, funny story. I'm married to an influencer. You understand? But that, like, I'm still the type of person that didn't like attention. He didn't. So, I mean, I, I would say that picking up my cross is not difficult to me because, I'll be honest with you, you could call me... Whatever. Whatever in the book. You could say, oh, this, this, and that. I honestly don't care about insults because 
like God has put me through so much um, physical hurt, um, bullying in the beginning of my life, um, like my early years, mm. that I've just become immune to it. Withstand it. Right? Like I've become, I've, I've developed calluses, very hard calluses for insults. So whatever you could say, I'm just going to be like, all right, cool. But like picking up my cross is not difficult. It's letting people into my life mm. and sharing details of myself mm. that that I think was the hardest thing. Mm. You understand? Like the insults, honestly, when people insult me, I'm just like, all right, cool. Are you done? Yeah. Like, but it's not. It's it, it, that, that was the hardest part. Sharing my life with people. Yeah. My story. I think it's necessary. You feel me? So, and this is a good way of like helping anybody out that still on the fence um someone might have the same story as me um i don't know it so it might be able to help you out right and i believe it's necessary as someone that's been saved by god not once but twice many times many times even more than twice yeah many times i've given you instances of when god saved me Mm. um wasn't even supposed to be born i was born um, with with a, hernia. with a hernia, with my umbilical cord tied around my neck. Mm. Okay, mm. I wasn't supposed to be alive. Okay, but God gave me the opportunity to still be alive. Yep. I spent the majority of my childhood hospitalized for asthma. Mm. Spent sixty plus days in the ICU mm. because I couldn't breathe. My lungs was almost collapsing. Mm. God saved me in those instances. Mm. So, for me to now poison my body with worldliness. Is a disrespect. It's a, it's a disrespect to God. Slap in the face. So a lot of people like, and, I, and it's it's crazy to me that people go through experiences where God saves them. Yeah. And they just act like, oh, it's just the universe that willed it for me not Who to die. Who made the universe? Who made the universe? I'm not gonna answer it for you. Who made the universe? Answer me that question. You you know it deep down what it is, but you don't. If those that don't want to answer that question, you know who made the universe. That's why I ask these questions to people. It's because people are, people are scared because God is a, um, a God of authority. He's a God of masculinity. Mm-hmm. So he has set rules and set ways of doing things. And unfortunately, even us, because we're not, we're not sitting in a, in a state of perfection. We need a savior. Mm-hmm. We need somebody to come and save us. Mm-hmm. As humans, we're flawed. So hum, humans kind of want to do their own thing. Right. They don't want to have to to listen yeah they don't want to have to pick up the cross they don't want to have to listen to god because to them it's just like man god has all this rule man i want to do whatever i want it leads to destruction you're still young you know 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s you still have time i remember i had a friend and he was my brother and i love this man and he got shot when he was 18 19 no, he got shot when he was 21. Yeah, he died. He got shot at 21. And I remember telling him, bro, give your life to Christ. So he didn't want to. So he was selling weed. And somebody robbed him of $500. Somebody robbed him of $500. I could have given them that $500 right now. And his life was taken. Like that. Snuffed. He didn't get a second chance. He didn't get a second chance. The thing about it is that you can't serve two masters. Mm. You're either going to be for God or be for self. 
we share our testimonies because we want you guys to understand that these are people that had a lot. We came from oh, we came from nothing. God blessed us. We abandoned him. And in all the things that we could have had, clout, money, all these things, nothing was fulfilling. Mm. Right now, I feel like we have everything and all we have is God. Yeah, there's a certain sense of peace that you have um, when you relinquish everything to God, you know. So, you know, this is my testimony. Hopefully y'all y'all gain something from it. Yeah. It takes a lot for me to come on here and speak about myself, but um, God has put it under my heart, you know, on my heart. You know, just just tell these people about what I've done for you because mm. you don't know who is on the brink of taking their own lives. Mm. Right? Or who's on the brink of giving up. Mm. You understand? So a lot of people were healed by Jesus. And even though sometimes Jesus was like, shh, don't tell nobody, they just couldn't help themselves. Yeah. They have this, like, being able to walk for the first time, being... Um, alive. The, being alive. God, Jesus, like... Bringing people, bringing people back to life. Bro, like, if you've been afflicted for years and someone comes in and they just touch you and mm. you change, bro, there's nobody that could say anything to me. I will run and scream from the rooftops. Mm. I will look like a fool for God mm. because there's been many times when I could have been dead. Mm. I put myself in a situation where I could have been dead. Mm. I've allowed myself, to, I've poisoned my body with substances that I didn't have no business dabbling with. Mm. And God gave me freedom and he healed me and he delivered me from my own self. Mm. We are our own worst enemies for real. So no one can take that away from anybody. Mm. Those that have been saved by Jesus, search it on YouTube, testimony stories. We're not crazy here. Mm. If something is, is spoken about in the over multitudes, and over, over it again. is not a coincidence anymore. No. People that have been in the industry, sometimes when they when they they run away from the industry, like say rap anything, they run to God. Yeah. Some of them get pulled back, but some of them really just they make it out and it's all about God now. Yeah. What does that tell you? The occult is real. Yeah. We all know that. Period. Because all that stuff called African spiritualism, you're, lo you're looking at two Nigerians here. And that stuff is real. Occult. Okay. So you can't tell me that is real and God isn't. Because mm. where there is darkness, there's light. Where there's good, there's bad. So I'm not saying. So all I'm saying is if you have ears to hear. Listen. Pay attention. But if you're not, if you don't have it in your heart yet to believe or you think I'm a fool or we'll a keep, fool. We'll keep praying for you. I'll say it again. Watch us. Observe us. Take notes for what you want. But I guarantee you, God's will will be done in this lifetime that we're in right now. And I'm yeah. willing to look like a fool. Hey, man, I'm the same guy that went viral on Twitter mm. telling you this thing. Mm. I felt empty. That did nothing for me. Mm. And I'm here telling you that God is more important than everything I've ever had. All the money I've made, mm -hmm. the car, we live in a nice apartment. We have everything we want, but God matters more than that. Mm. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I'm a man of few words, but I spoke for way too long. But don't worry. This is going to come more and more every week. Expect us Sundays and Thursdays. Yeah, that's when we're going to be posting. And we're going to start going really deep into some really deep spiritual stuff um because you know i see a lot god has woken me up and i can't go back to bed 
God has woken me up and I can't go back to sleep. Yeah. I can't. And I've been trying to go back to sleep. I've been trying to ignore it. I've been trying not to speak about it. But God is like, girl, if you don't speak, he's now he's even entered my dreams. Maybe actually give me, a, I, I get dreams, prophecy dreams. So um, we're going to be talking more about it. Um, some stuff that are too, too deep, we are going to have to put it on Patreon. Just because it's too, too deep, like too deep. It's going to go on Patreon, but that's not important right now. The most important thing right now is making sure that we talk to you guys about God. And by the grace of God, you guys get saved because I want everybody to be able to make it to heaven. Trust me, hell is real. There is weeping and gnashing of teeth. You don't want to be there. It's not meant for humans. It's meant for demons. And demons are real. I'm sure you guys are seeing them in the music industry. So... No, we're just gonna wrap it up right now. We don't want to talk too much. Off. Um, we don't want to talk too much of your ears off. I love you guys so much. Roland loves you guys so much. You know it. And we hope that you're blessed by this message. Peace.